You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 349. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends, and thank you so much as always for listening. Today's episode is just me talking to you. (laughs) But I want to say before I get started, thank you so much to Oprah Magazine. Their online website just posted the top most uplifting podcasts and The Lively Show made number seven on that list, which is so nice of them. Thank you. Thank you, Oprah Magazine, for that nod to The Lively Show. It was pretty fun to share with you guys on Instagram and in the community, the Lively community app. And yeah, thank you guys so much for your support as always for listening to the show through so many years. I didn't even mention it, but we actually crossed the seven year mark of the Lively Show back on in like mid February. So we are now into our seventh year. Obviously, there's been many twists and turns. And I know some people have sent messages saying they've started from the beginning of the show, like in recent like months, like maybe the last five or six months, they're going through episode by episode. And anyone that's been following this show for any period of time knows what a ride those people are going to be in on as they go through it one at a time every day until they catch up to where we are now. But Anyways, it's just such a joy to be with you guys. And I, in the app, when I shared about the Oprah thing, asked if you guys wanted a Q&A episode from me or a Flow Diaries and overwhelming response was Flow Diaries. So that is what I'm here to do. I'm going to do a Flow Diaries with you. If you guys aren't familiar, Flow Diaries is just a style of show where I share how I am flowing in my life with you. So you kind of hear the surrender experiment by Michael Singer, but in the Jess Lively version, it looks a lot more pink with a lot more flowers and rose scented lattes and candles. But yeah, so basically I am showing how I am flowing in the unknown from the inner voice one step at a time. And basically where I'm at now, the most recent step is getting to Belize. Now, if you listen to the last Flow Diaries, which I think was about two episodes ago, that was giving you guys a catch up from the end of the last year to getting to Hawaii. So if you haven't already listened to that and you're curious of what led up to Belize, that's all the stuff that led up to Belize. And it was a big doozy of a lot of different things over the last few months that set that experience up. But as I played out that you know flow for you guys, you kind of saw some of the elements that my human character was experiencing. One of them was the Portugal visa. So actually, it's kind of fun that I'm getting to share this recording with you at this moment in time, because certain things have come into formation and others are still left in question marks. So you're going to kind of see what stuff's cooking in the oven still and what stuff is ready to put on the table. So when it came to leaving Portugal in about a month ago, it's actually now 34 days ago. I know that for a reason I'll explain in a second, but I left around a month ago from Portugal because I, first of all, the lockdown continues in Portugal. They're getting so much better. I'm so thankful that Portugal is doing so much better than they were. They've had a very severe lockdown from mid-January onward, just grocery stores and walks only. I've heard a lot of Portuguese are saying that the rumor on the street is that it's going to be more open after Easter, which would be around April 4th or later. So that's a very long time to be in a very severe lockdown. And also I've heard the weather's getting better, but when I left, it was pretty grim and pretty drizzly. Lisbon's weather most of the year for about nine months of the year is stunning. So if you're ever thinking about traveling to Lisbon, I highly recommend it, but don't do it between January and March. If I could recommend a time not to necessarily pick the time to go, if it's going to be one of the only times you visit Lisbon, skip those months because you can get such consistently beautiful weather most of the time, especially past April into December. So those are the times that it is just such a consistently mild and fair and beautiful city most of the time. 
But those other months, it's a little bit more London-y in some respects, and the weather and the rain can definitely take a toll on its citizens. So anyways, all of that was happening, and I was like surrendered, as you guys heard. If my mind had to have chosen how the year was going to go, it would have probably stayed and bought the purple building, a property in that building, and would be working on buying it, renovating it, and doing all the paperwork needed to make that happen. But my intuition did not want to buy it. So then I was sitting there in the unknown of why I didn't want to buy it. I still have no idea. It's interestingly, you know, still there. So who knows what's going to happen with that in its own journey. But my journey, as my intuition has flowed me, was back to Hawaii for a period of time. And it actually worked out really well with my visa. So I have been working on the D7 visa. It's a visa for people that make income outside of Portugal. It's a pretty straightforward process when you look at it. And honestly, it really should have been. It has been in many ways, but also there's a company in the middle between the consulate and my lawyer and I getting all the paperwork together that kept sending the paperwork back saying it wasn't complete yet, which was kind of a, it was a thing. Let's just say that that company, my lawyer is not the biggest fan of that company that's dealing in the middle and has tried to, you know, rectify what the company has been doing. But either way, we got through eventually right at the end of my time transitioning over to Hawaii. And that's actually one of the things they like you to be offshore. But with COVID, I could have stayed in Portugal. But because the visa was already like that, and because I'm still an American citizen, I was easily able to travel back to America. And the guest house, Dear Dory's guest house, was available for me to stay in as well, which was my favorite place. It became my favorite place when I went there a year ago in mid-March until mid-August. I had no idea arriving in mid-March, nor did any of us know this was going to be a year of lockdown, basically. And, you know, some form or fashion, the world's been in a very huge state of limbo. And so I had no idea I would be there for four and a half months back then. But I truly learned to love the nature, love... The beach that actually became my new passion was actually in Hawaii last year. And so I was really missing all of those elements of life and the sunshine and the walks and everything that I grew to love so, so dearly about Hawaii back then. So I went back, stayed in the guest house, love, love, loved it. But I knew that I wasn't probably going to stay there for the entire visa waiting process because they typically say it takes about 60 days. And I also had this other element in my mind. Now, for those that have traveled nomadically, you're probably aware, but for those that aren't, there is an exemption, a tax exemption for American citizens on a portion of your taxes if you're outside of the country most of the year. So if you're in the U.S. for 35 days or less, and that counts your layovers. So one of my layovers, I actually arrived from Lisbon to Newark at 11.30 at night. So I had one half hour in the airport, and that counts as a full day of my time in America, which is just mind-breaking. Just thinking, man, I could have used that time, you know, to enjoy it more than just one half hour sitting in the middle of the night in an airport. But it is what it is. You got to be very careful and look into this with your accountants. But I'm now working with an expat accountant. And he was really, you know, helping me to do that because I've been gone since August. So this time I was counting my days and seeing if I could flow out of America for that period and not exceed the 35 day rule. But I had this 60 day waiting period for the visa. So it was kind of like, well, what do you do for 60 days? you know, or more or less, depending on how long the visa actually takes, but not be in the U.S. for more than 35. That was kind of the puzzle. So I wasn't sure at the beginning. And when it comes to COVID and like places that uh, people can go to easily in the world, one of the places that was available, Europe's not fun to be in right now, full stop. I don't really know of anywhere I'd want to go in Europe outside of even Portugal, certainly not, you know, the United Kingdom right now. So I am 
kind of been looking at other places in the world than I normally would have. Even Bali is not easy. They're just reopening, but there's, I've heard, uh, I don't know if there is at this moment, but as of a week or two ago, when I was looking into it as a possibility, there was like a five day quarantine in Jakarta before going over to Bali. And I was just like, you know what? That just seems difficult and not the path of least resistance. So my mind was really focused on Mexico. And you guys were so wonderful. The clients and IVF team members and Cocoon members have been giving me such great recommendations. And so one of you guys, I think it was Megan in Cocoon, but I could be wrong about that. If it was April or someone else, I'm sorry. But whoever said it was just said on one of our calls and just said, Jess, I think you're really going to like San Miguel, Mexico. And I had never seen it before, but she just kind of described it. I like the description. Sometimes I can get a really great vibe from people that I meet telling me about certain places. Like the person that bought my house, Ann Arbor, five years ago, she had spent a lot of time in South Africa. And I had known at that point that I was going to go to Ghana to see the school opening for the school that we had funded through Pencils of Promise. And she said, Jess, if you're over in Africa, go to Cape Town. And I didn't know anything, never seen a photo of Cape Town, didn't know anything about it. So I was not, you know, just hearing the word go to Cape Town wasn't going to make me go. But she said, Jess, it's like San Francisco. Now, when I get to Cape Town, I wouldn't describe necessarily Cape Town like San Francisco, but the description of it sparked my intuitive senses. Like, yes, my mind likes San Francisco. Yes, it liked the idea of something like that. Do I think Cape Town's really like that? Not personally, but that moment when she said that got my mind not to block it out and there was a resonance inside of myself. And Cape Town's one of the, still to this day, one of my favorite places in the world. So that was a little fun moment. And I have another moment when my friend Jeremiah, who's American, but I met him and we became really close in Ubud years and years ago. He kept trying to get me to go to Changu after, which is also in Bali, but just a different area, a different city with a totally different energy about an hour outside of Ubud. And I had no interest in going back to Bali for years and years. It took me so long to go back to Bali because I just felt my personal experience in Ubud at that time was so emotionally intense for myself. I was going through so much that I kind of equated it kind of like taste aversion. To, it was like city aversion. So anyways, he told me one time about Changu and that at the time that he finally, on like the fifth time he was telling me about Changu, which I now have gone to and dearly love, he said, Jess, it's like, it's like Austin, Texas but in Bali. And like, of course, again, is Chegu like Austin, Texas in Bali? Not really. But can I see where he was coming from? And when he said that, did I then open up my mind to it? Absolutely. And even though I wouldn't say it's necessarily exactly like Austin in any real specific way, I do love Chengu. So anyways, all of this to say, Megan, I think, or whoever it was in the call just said, Jess, I think you're going to like San Miguel. Now she had no similar city to compare it to that tripped over that little wire of like, yes, I shall go. But I think, no, she might've, she might've said something like, it's like a European city. And when I looked up the pictures, that's where I tripped the wire. I was like, oh my gosh, it is so gorgeous. If you have not Googled San Miguel, Mexico, please do so. It looks stunning. It looks like it could be Italy. It's a walled city. It looks like it could be Barcelona with the Sagrada Familia. It looks like it could be, I mean, a different color story of Lisbon with more brighter saturated colors. It is truly unique. And I have not seen anything like that I ever have seen associated with Mexico. But that's also just to the sheer lack of knowledge that I have about Mexico. I've only been to Mexico, like many Americans, when I was young in my 20s. And I went to Cabo with my then boyfriend. Like that was my experience of Mexico. So that's pretty much all I knew is like American tourist destinations or very popular spots for Americans to go on like 
a week away. So I didn't know about a city like San Miguel. I'm sure there are heaps of other places I could also explore and love in Mexico as well. And my brother, Michael, who you guys may know, is a, has also traveled nomadically around the world for a few years himself. He too loves Mexico. I also think it's kind of cute that it's San Miguel because he's Michael and Miguel. And so anyways, I have my mind fixated at this point on San Miguel. But while I was thinking about Mexico, a friend Erica mentioned Belize, and I had didn't know anything about Belize, but my inner voice really perked up on the Belize thing. And then the next day after she mentioned Belize to me and said it was near Mexico, because I, you could have told me Belize was a city in Fiji. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't know anything about it, but that's how little I knew about Belize at the time. And as of the last recording, I think I told you guys that I'd heard this next little piece of the story. And that's as far as I had gotten to where the next day after I heard about Belize and the fact that it's a country and it's very beautiful and it's near Mexico, kind of generally speaking in the world, I heard my inner voice in the bathroom one morning, that next morning going, Mayan ruins, Mayan ruins, and Belize, Belize, Belize. Now, when I heard Mayan ruins at first, I assumed it was speaking about Tulum or somewhere in Mexico, because as an American kid growing up, I remember learning in history class about the Mayans and the Aztecs and stuff, and I learned about the ruins and the places in Mexico. But my high school experience did not focus on Guatemala or Belize or any of these other countries, so I didn't know the Mayans extended down here also. But my inner voice is saying Mayan ruins, so my mind associated it to Mexico. But then it also was saying Belize, 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 which made me think Mexico and Belize. But then one that next like day in the morning, I was telling my friend Eileen that I heard Mayan ruins in Belize. And she goes, Jess, didn't you know there are Mayan ruins in Belize? And my jaw just like hit the floor. I was like, what? Like, oh, that's crazy. So instead of thinking about Tulum or something like that, it was very clear to my mind that like, I had no idea mentally why I was supposed to go here, but I could not believe those were linked together. You could have told me Donald Duck lives in Belize. And I'd be like, okay, like, how would I know? You could tell me anything. I didn't know, but I definitely would never have expected Mayan ruins in this new country to me. So here I am basically thinking about that. But I will say when it comes to flow... I heard Mayan ruins and I heard Belize, but I didn't book the ticket immediately. I did not stress my mind out to say, I have to choose this right away. I just heard the Mayan ruins and the Belize thing, found out about them being in Belize, and I sat with it for a good week, week and a half, just knowing Mayan ruins were in Belize. I didn't have to buy the ticket. It wasn't saying, buy the ticket right now, Jessica <laughs> Lively. Do this right now. It wasn't saying that. It was just saying Mayan ruins. It was just saying Belize. But as the days ticked on, I was kind of still mentally on the fence. Mexico, Belize, I'm not sure. I did look up some videos, but since I knew so little about Belize, I did look up like YouTubes and I looked up, you know, just travel articles, which was the first time of five years of travel, basically, where I actually searched online for all the wealth of information that travel bloggers have provided us over the years. I've never used those resources. And this was like the first time where I was like looking up all the travel bloggers recommendations for Belize, where to stay, where to go, what to do, what is it like? And that turned out to be super, super helpful. So I found the resort I'm at and I'll share more about it once I'm no longer staying in it because right now I'm here. So I'm just going to give myself a little privacy for now and then share about it so you guys can come because it's really beautiful and wonderful. And so far, I highly recommend it. But when it came to choosing the place, one of the things that I realized is there's a lot of stuff to do in Belize. 
there's diving is probably what I hear people kind of most commonly fixate on. So there's diving, there's beautiful snorkeling. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm so excited because I'm just on my first day being here. I got in last night, so I haven't done any of my activities yet, but there's diving, snorkeling, Mayan ruins, caves, jungle. There's so many things to do. And so one of the things that appealed to me, instead of just doing a resort like I could do in Waikiki or most places in Hawaii, I decided to do an all-inclusive adventure resort. So that's what I looked up. And that felt really good because I was like, okay, great. I don't like to mentally plan things. And one of the elements between the Abraham cruises that I found very helpful is that cruises are kind of a no-brainer way to travel. And I highly recommend cruises, especially if you like Abraham or you like a teacher that's doing a cruise. That's my favorite way to cruise. I don't know that I'd personally imagine doing a cruise anytime soon if a teacher wasn't on board doing some activities during the travel periods of cruises. But I do appreciate learning while you're at sea and then being able to go particularly to places that you wouldn't want to take the hassle to plan extensively for. So Alaskan cruise was incredible because there's so many places in Alaska I did not want to have to plan to get to. And you often can't get there by roads because they don't have them. So you have to take boats or airplanes and and I'm traveling so lowly. So going on a cruise like that was just such an easy way. If you're a big planner, though, I mean, that may be less appealing to you because you want to customize your experience. But for me, I'm very contextual. So this is kind of feels like a land cruise to me in a, in a way because I'm in a place that's going to kind of take care of it all for me. And truly they have. I came in last night and I'll tell a funny story about how I met a new friend on the way into the resort, but she wanted to go to dinner that night. So quickly went into the adventure kind of like offices and like talked with them about the things I wanted to do very quickly because she was on her way over. But I had enough time to tell them the general things I wanted to do. And then I just got a full report of my activities for the next few days today, this morning from the person at the office, which is so brilliant because now I don't mentally have to think too much. I could feel into what felt fun, but he put all the pieces together for me, timing wise, date wise, schedule wise. So that was really fantastic. But when it comes to the 35-day rule and when I was going to leave, I had thought about going on the day 32. I wanted to maximize my time in Hawaii, but still leave a few days left over, theoretically, to go into the United States to get my visa stamped at the Portugal consulate in D.C. So in D.C., I'm supposed to go over and get it stamped. Or if I was in America, I could send it in to do so. But we'll see how this all flows. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, well, maybe I'll just save a few days to fly from Mexico or Belize and go back over, get it stamped, and then head back to Portugal with my stamped visa. And then I'll stay out of America until August, and I'll hit my 35 days or less for the exemption. So that's all kind of happening. But I will say one of the things that happened was booked the plane ride for three days of extra time. So 32 days, that's what I was going to do. But then as I was having this great day, flowing around, doing a whole bunch of different things with my day, I got a call. And instead of one of those spammy calls you get in America where there's like a robot talking to you, this is a real person. It was a 1-800 number and it was United. And I had booked my flight on United. So I wasn't sure. He goes, first, I want you to know your flight is not ruined. You do not have to worry, which I was appreciating because with all the closures and flight cancellations lately, that was the first thing that crossed my mind. So like, okay, good. Well, what do you have to share? And he goes, well, we've kind of overbooked the flight and we're looking to see if we can pay some people $400 voucher to go on a different flight. And so we had this lovely chat. He was thinking about moving to Portugal. I was convincing him to do so. It was a really fun chat, the $400. The flights that he mentioned as I was walking back to the guest house were in a line number. So they took off at like 8.55 and they took off again at 11.55 for the second flight. So I was like, okay, there's alignment here. I get $400. The guy was really lovely, happy to chat with him, and I booked it. Now, I thought what I was trading in for was an earlier flight the same day. 
But when I got home, I realized, oh, 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 this is the following day. This gave me an extra day in Hawaii. I was leaving on a Sunday night rather than a Saturday night instead of an earlier time on Saturday night. So my mind was like a little like, ooh, that's only giving me two days of the 35 to get in and get out from my Portugal visa if, you know, that all flows later. And of course, I can stay longer than 35 days, but they, I won't be able to claim the exemption on the tax, and the tax exemption's pretty substantial. So it would be nice to save it, but it's not going to make or break my life to save it. But it would be nice if it flows. So I was like, okay, well, that's only leaving me those two days instead of that extra little buffer third day to get the visa and get back into Portugal. But because of all the other alignments, I didn't question it. I just flowed with it. So I stayed a total of 33 days and got the voucher and all these things. Now, one of the things I've just realized as I was like writing down a few notes so that I didn't forget all these details to give you guys the play-by-play of the flow of everything is that I moved to this other flight, right? So as I'm getting in on the flight from Houston into Belize yesterday, I then had to take a little puddle jumper, I think they call them those little planes. I had to take a tiny plane, 20 minute flight from Belize City into the area where I'm at in Belize. It's about 20 minutes away and then a van ride. So while I was going through this like extra little flight security, I noticed a girl that I could tell was American. She was on the Houston flight and I just assumed that she was going to the same retreat. I don't know why. I just think I didn't know anything about anything. So I just kind of assumed if this person is on that flight and she's on this little flight, odds are she's going to the same place I am. So I thought maybe she's staying at the same resort and I can have a friend. She's actually staying of all places, not here at all, but down the street. And I really, really like the place. And we became good friends and we went to good friends. I say that as I've known her a day, but we became fast friends, let's say that. And uh, we had dinner last night and she was such a lovely person and she's really shown me even more than my resort. So now I already have like a little bit of a broader awareness from her four years of traveling back and forth for work here. So she's really kind of given me an expat perspective, so to speak. She's not fully living here, but she's a really seasoned veteran of Belize and coming and traveling as an American here. So she was super helpful and showed me a lot of cute other spots right near where I'm staying. But honestly, I probably wouldn't have even ventured out because I've got all these adventures to do in the time that I'm here. I probably wouldn't have necessarily, based on the way that this resort is very, like, all-inclusive. I don't even know if I would have gotten to see what's beyond it just down the road, but now I have thanks to Jennifer. So if I hadn't taken the flight yesterday, I don't think I ever would have bumped into her because she was a very busy person here. She's got four kids at home in Houston. She comes in for work, does what she needs to do for her work, and then goes back to be with her family. So if I hadn't seen her in the airport, I would not have very likely bumped into her at all because she's been to this resort but doesn't come often. So it's a really cool thing. And maybe that's also one of the flows besides the $400 voucher and everything else of the extra day in Hawaii that went along with the alignment of bumping that flight and not resisting it. So now that I'm here, I'm very excited. I'm taking today easy. In a half hour, I've got a call answering Q&As for IVFT people that are considering it, which I'll share a bit about more in a second. And then I've got a call for our last cocoon call. So I'm here doing a little work today and then tomorrow's my first day diving. Now this was a fun little thing. Because I heard about diving, I had thought about doing certification for diving in Hawaii while I was still there. But with the time frame being 33 days and everything else I had going on, I didn't have time to squeeze in the diving certification like I hoped to. And I have no idea how long I'll be here, but I didn't want, depending on how long I'm here, if I'm here for a short while, I didn't want to take the three to four days to do the diving certification ahead of doing the adventures. I wanted at least the adventures first, maybe diving days and certification second. 
by the way, I had booked a diving experience in Hawaii, but by the time I booked the Belize flight, I had to cancel because they were overlapping. And that was great. Got my money back on that. And they were really lovely and easy. And I just kind of surrendered the diving thing. My awesome person here that I spoke with on the phone about the adventures I was going to be doing was like, yeah, you can always come back and dive, but just based on your schedule and everything you have going on, I think it might be less stressful for you not to add the certification on top of all the other things you want to do. So that's my plan. I surrendered it. I let it go. But in the office yesterday, the person I was talking with goes, Jess, there's a discovery dive. It's a one day course. You just go 40 feet down, I think, or less, but it gives you the video. You do a little pool practice and then you go and you get to do a little dive. And I was like, well, that is brilliant because what I really wanna see here that I'm so excited about is the tropical fish that are more at the surface of the water. And so that's why I thought snorkeling is gonna show me a lot of the things I wanna see because growing up, my family had a 100 gallon aquarium. So I grew up with all of these tropical fish and I even had like the hospital aquarium was the 10 gallon tank in my bedroom all of my childhood. So I have like this huge soft spot for Spike and, and what did Michael have? Michael had a cowfish he called Horny, Horny the cowfish. If you ever look up a cowfish on Google, look it up if you haven't seen one before. They're so cute and odd looking. It used to eat from my mom's fingers when she would put the brill inside of the fish tank. It was so cute, but it was so funny too. He was a little kid, he named the cowfish Horny because when you look at it, he's got four big horns. And so that was his name. And we had, yeah, Spike the clown trigger, tidal wave the damsel. I had a damsel that was black and white stripes, clownfish anemones, you name it. We had all different things. My dad, when he was young, even had a nurse shark at one point in time. So I grew up with all these tropical fish and I thought this will be like a fishy safari. How cool is that? So this dive being so shallow is like more at the surface where more of those things are, but still deeper than snorkeling. I'm like, this is ideal. And if I do end up liking it, I can always get certified here later or somewhere else in the world too. But this is just such a perfect way to slot it in without having to commit to the full experience. So that was a nice little flow. I'll also be doing some possible cave tubing. How cool does that sound? So you go tubing inside of a cave. There's bird watching, leopards you can go see. There's so much here. So those are my adventures. And I will, if I take pictures, I'll share them on social media and in the Lively Community app. But I will also say I don't have an outward bound flight. I could extend my stay here or I could go to the adorable resort my friend is staying at down the street for a few days, a few weeks. Who knows? I think, you know, anything is an option or I could head on to Mexico because kind of in my head, I've been thinking that it'd be really fun to potentially explore San Miguel and find some beautiful Airbnbs to stay in while I'm teaching IVFT. So I could have a bit of stability in a city more than like a beachy jungle resort to be working on that for a longer, you know, six to eight weeks time. Now, I also was thinking that the Portugal visa was going to eat up a lot of waiting time. However, today, while I was on the call with Lindsay, our team manager, I got the email from Portugal. So three weeks early. Now, anyone that knows Portugal and all the Portuguese, like Claudia, Alexandra, and Rita, are my three Portuguese friends that I know that are listening probably to this, they'll know three weeks early. Portugal was three weeks early on something. Incredible. So I am not sure. I'm going to talk to my visa lawyer tomorrow after diving, I suppose, or maybe before diving and see what she thinks I should do. We were planning on me scheduling an appointment at the consulate. So obviously those details will have to fall into place, but that just gives me the next four months between now and the next four months to get that stamped. And then I have the freedom to come back as a resident, which is great because right now in the current stage of lockdown at this exact moment in Portugal, I couldn't return easily without my residence permit, but that with this visa will be intact. So I shall be able to do so when I choose to, which is really lovely, but I mind is still kind of enjoying its Belize experience. It's enjoying the potential of Mexico, but I can also tell you, I know that I don't know yet. 
And it's so comfortable to be in the I know that I don't know yet and not be worried. Like, I'm really thankful that I've hit this place of I know that I don't know where or when to go next. I know I've got ideas my mind likes, but I know that I don't know that I should go there yet. And even when I heard the Belize and Mayan ruins, I didn't rush to buy that ticket until I knew it was time to buy the ticket. And that knowingness sets in at a different time. And then sometimes, you know, I feel like now I'm so aware of the signs and signals of life, not just my inner voice, but also like the world outside reflecting to me those answers as well. So like, for example, I was in the hammock while I was talking on my porch with Lindsay today. Can I also just say, I'm staying in a treehouse. How cool is that? It's not actually what I thought was a treehouse would, would mean like you're like literally inside of tree limbs. I'm not inside tree limbs. I'm on like an elevated cabin that's at the height of all the trees. So I'm like seeing all the trees and living in the branches, but not built upon a tree itself. So anyways, this place is so beautiful. And literally it's all the elements I love of Hawaii. Can I just say, I love the bougainvilleas at the guest house. And I used to look at them outside my window all the time. And now I have like the same experience and I'm right on the beach and in the jungle. And so I'm just like I was in Hawaii, but I'm not in America soil. So my intuition was like, yeah, Jess, we know what you like. <laughs> we know you like beach. We know you like palm trees. We know you like ex- like secluded beaches. We know you like Bougainvillea. We know you like all those leaves in the wind. Here you go. Go to Belize. <laughs> we know where you where you like, but you don't even know it yet. That's truly the experience I'm literally living out now. But at the same time, the mind didn't have to rush into that before it was ready. And it caught up to knowing, you know, that I was going to stay at this resort and that this was the time to go. So even the flight, though, did get rearranged and my mind still allowed and flowed with that. And, you know, of course, the mind's like, I hope I don't have to stay three days or, you know, or I'll just like totally blow the 35 day rule. If I go over a day, I might as well go over 300 days in terms of the, the 35 day rule just because. And maybe I'll go over it. I don't know. Like, we'll just see what turns out to be the most easiest, obvious, most loving path to myself and all my circumstances. But when I was in the hammock on the call with Lindsay, we were talking about IVFT and the timeframes and what we're doing. We've got Inward Bound happening soon, which is an online retreat for those that are in IVFT already as graduates or Cocoon members and also the new IVFT members that are starting with us in March. So that is happening at the end of next week. So the 12th, 13th, and 14th is the Inward Bound. It's totally free for anybody in IVFT and Cocoon, but only available to those people because we're going in really deep and far. And so it's not a beginner level workshop. So we wanted to work with those that have already done some of our programming and are familiar before we get started. So that's what we're working on. And IVFT was slated to be starting right after, like on the 15th of March. Now, as I was in the hammock, we also had this new idea dawn upon us in the conversation because we got a lot of questions for this workshop I'm hosting, this little online webinar. But how do I know if IVFT is for me? And what I thought about doing all of a sudden in our call today, literally like an hour and a half ago, was this idea of IVFT for free. Can we give people a taster of what IVFT is like for free, just so that they can experience and have like a class with two calls in it, just to kind of get people on board, see if it feels like a fit. Do they like working with me as a coach? Do they like the squad leaders? Do they like the experience? Is their inner voice really aligned to it? And give them a little taster. And if they do want to do it, then they can join. And so we came up with this idea and I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is so cool. What a fun thing to offer people if they're interested, but they're on the fence. Of course, your intuition should tell you if it's a fit, but this might just also be a little piece of that puzzle that helps your mind feel more at ease about it as well. So when we thought about this, I was like, okay, well, maybe we do that next week. <laughs> like maybe I do all of these adventures up until Sunday and then we do these two things and then we do in and then we start IVFT. And as I was in 
the hammock. My mind loved the idea of adding IVFT for free. I loved the idea. But I was rocking in the hammock. And of course, the time frame that made the most sense to do it was before Inward Bound, because after that, IVFT was supposed to start. But now, as I was laying in the hammock, I was in a hammock. Have you put yourself in a hammock in your head? <laughs> a hammock rocks back and forth, obviously. But as I was in the hammock, I could tell my intuition was bringing my awareness to the rocking motion back and forth, like shaking your head no. A, a hammock doesn't nod like a yes. It shakes its hammock like a no. And so my body was rocking back and forth like a no. Imagine if you're doing, some people that listen to use pendulums to tell yes and no's with their body or their fingers to do like their subconscious yes and no's and to get that clarity from their inner voice physically. Well, my whole body was literally the pendulum in the hammock going no. And I was like, okay. So I got out of the hammock because I was getting too freaked out because <laughs> my mind was really latching and attached to this time frame and this idea. So I sat in a chair because I didn't want the rocking to feel like a placebo. Because I was like, well, Jess, like you're never going to get a yes out of a hammock anyway. So maybe just get yourself out of the hammock. But the no was unshakable. Even if my mind wanted to overlook it, I could tell it was drawing my attention to that. So I sat in the chair, stopped rocking back and forth. And I told her, okay, Lindsay, I, I love this idea so much, but I'm getting this no. And I just got in the hammock. My body was shaking no. And I, I, I think it's a no, but I want to do it. And then as we kept talking through it, I could tell, and her body reacted really positively too, to moving IVFT back a week and doing IVFT for free after inward bound rather than before inward bound, which my mind didn't consider because obviously we've told people, we haven't like made it super hard set in stone, but we've also told people it's probably very likely slash is going to start on the 15th. Now, is the world going to end if we don't start it on the 15th? No. Do we have loads of people that we have to fill it into? We have people to tell, but it's not like, I don't think anyone's like, you know, created their life around this start point and pushing it back a week. We'll just find out. There's no definitive answer as I'm telling you this. This is just literally what happened in the call. So what I'm going to do is in 15 minutes, I'm going to get off of this podcast and I'm going to do the IVFT Q&A. And I'm going to see if the Q&A people that are thinking about it like the idea of doing IVFT for free before doing IVFT. And if they do, then I'm going to have a squad meeting. Actually, I'm going to have a squad meeting either way, but I'm going to have the interested squad leaders from our previous IVFT rounds. We have 35 people that want to be squad leaders, which is so wonderful. So we're going to have a call to explore all of our potential on Thursday night. And I'm going to see if they're cool with it also being possibly pushed back a week and see how this all goes. I don't know. We're going to take, you know, the feedback from the group as we go. But if it's meant to flow, I'm sure it will be and it will be great. So trusting in the timing and being flexible and open and not mental and not set in stone. If I can just share by flow diaries, that's truly how I'm living and working now more than ever. And as I was thinking this new time frame, we heard a bird and I was like, I could tell the bird was like, yes, yes, yes. Again, I know these are wild sounds and feelings and body movements and smells and wind now is like telling me things. It's like I am getting all of my senses are informing my mind of clarity. It's so interesting because after I got done with some of the call, I felt comfortable enough to go back in the hammock and not worry about getting nose to things from the hammock because my mind was really freaked out by that. But I didn't feel the same feeling at all rocking in the hammock after that point. It was just that moment that my body needed to know, know that I felt it instead of heard it. How cool is that? So yeah, becoming very multi-sensory with the five physical senses in terms of the guidance in terms of inner voice directing the steps of the mind and helping it out, helping this feel good, helping this feel better. But the bird was also the confirmation of moving this all around. So now we're just going to throw it at the squad and at the IVFT potential members and see how they're feeling about this shift. 
But if it's meant to happen, I'm sure it'll fall into place even better than it would have otherwise. So yeah, that is my update for you guys into this point of Belize. I am so thankful that I'm getting to share this experience with you guys. If you haven't seen, I've been sharing stories of Belize on Instagram and also on the Lively Community app. So feel free to go peek in there if you want to see how it looks. But I can say it is so gorgeous so far. And I've only been here for, you know, just now touching about 24 hours and I am enjoying it. I know there's all the adventures to still do, but I got to say it is so fascinating. And my mind had no idea what to expect other than hopeful that this place I was going was going to be fun and my intuition wasn't crazy. And I'm so glad I'm here now. I'm so glad I'm here now. And I've worked with so many clients and I know so many facilitators have where the inner voice will say something to their client or you'll hear it in yourself. It'll tell you to do something new and your mind will resist like mine often does. But when you get into the experience, you actually just take that leap. I'm literally looking at all the elements I love in Hawaii where I was, you know, for these other reasons, wanting to avoid spending more time. But in terms of the the land, I totally wanted to be in that type of experience longer. And I am. I'm here now. I haven't been jonesing for a city yet. I've been looking for more Hawaii. And here I am in a new adventure that has all the elements I love of Hawaii, but with new things too. More to explore. More to explore. I think that's the kind of the MO of the intuition is there's always more to explore within yourself and outside in the world. The mind likes to go back to its cozy, comfy havens, and I'm not making anything wrong with that because I still went back to Hawaii to the guest house and did all of my favorite things while I was there and new ones as well. So it's not about all or nothing. It's just about the ebb and the flow of the new and the familiar, but doing so in a way that's in harmony with your inner voice instead of the mind. That's what I'm living and I'm loving it as I'm doing it more and more. This even is really confirming to me that even like still after five years, there are new places I will love in the world. And I wouldn't have even necessarily had this on my radar had Erica not mentioned it, the Mayan ruins thing not happened. And also COVID, like this has opened up a whole different part of the world that I wasn't spending much attention on just because I had all these other fun places that I loved being in. So I was just going to them and I wasn't like exploring new places. So the ebb and the flow will take you to new places also. And that, I don't know, it's just so incredible. And yeah, even that body hammock thing, which was so interesting. Like, I'm so glad I got out of the hammock, but I didn't avoid the no that I felt. I'm so glad I didn't try to hammer it all in and just try to do it back, back, back. Like spreading this out a bit is probably the most smooth and easy thing for everybody. So I'll just go throw this at the groups and see if they're feeling that way also. And of course, next time I come back to you guys, I will give you guys the update from here. But yeah, thank you guys so much for flowing along with me. I appreciate you guys so much. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.